Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any investment. With that, hello. Welcome to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. I'm Chris DeMuth, uh, PM at Rangeley. With me, as always, is my co-host, friend, and fellow Rangeley PM, Andrew Walker. Today, we are discussing Weight Watchers and Oprah Winfrey before turning to dry ships. Oprah is a busy lady, too busy to attend many board meetings. She's the only one of Weight Watchers directors not to reach 75% of their meetings, and she doesn't plan to attend the annual meeting. Um, but the company, at least the company's equity price, has been doing fine without her undivided board attention. And uh, this was brought to us in a recent company filing, which sounded a little snippy to me. Mm-hmm. It kind of pointed this out in a way that uh, I don't think I've seen that verbiage before in SEC filings. Yeah, so the, the, the SEC filing, it said like all of our directors, except for Miss Winfrey, attended at least 75% of our meetings. And then it said all of our directors, except for Miss Winfrey, will be at our annual meeting, which I'm with you. You know, I, I, could, I could go two ways on it. I I am not familiar with seeing people directly called out like this, particularly on the annual meeting. I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with people being directly called out like that. And I wonder, on one hand, is this the other directors kind of a little jealous or trying to put, marginalize Oprah or something? Or on the other hand, look, Oprah is a celebrity, you know, like she's got millions of fans. If she was going to the Weight Watchers annual meeting, like she's very associated with Weight Watchers mm-hmm. right now. If she was going... There might be more press attention. People might be flying out to the meeting just to get be able to see and talk to Oprah. So maybe they're just trying to let people know, hey, don't plan or plan this around coming to see Oprah because she won't be there. So I'm on both sides, you know. And she look, it's not like she uh, 15 months ago she bought uh, a big slug of the company, almost 15 percent of them, put in 45 million dollars. The company's done really well since then by capitalizing on her brand. It's not like she's been bad for the company. She's been a driving force through the company. So I, if she had been bad, I could see why the company looked to marginalize her. But I just don't know. I just don't know. There are a lot of new ways generationally to benefit a company. And uh, she is great at social media. She's driven a lot of her social media followers to also following mm-hmm. Weight Watchers in a way that's not clear on how you narrowly compensate, reward, or even acknowledge somebody. And I think she is so great at that. It doesn't fit in the old boxes you check off for a director. And I just have always felt that it's so important to judge people net. If you have somebody who's kind of a drone and they miss work, three uh, one quarter of the time you simply fire them you say you're a drone i have a thousand people to replace you sorry for not uh, fulfilling these basic requirements but if you have somebody and i always think of steve jobs as kind of the archetype of this Mm -hmm. who's kind of smelly and he can be a jerk and he invented apple you tolerate the smelliness and the jerkiness because he invented apple yeah so so you judge him net and you don't even quibble about the cost of dealing with them you deal with great people and you deal with great people on their terms and and oprah is a great person and i think that's a great point you know for a lot of directors uh and i'm not super familiar with the weight watchers board but you know for a lot of directors in general they are people who have retired from management roles and they're kind of what i like to call crony directors where they're on a couple of boards and they sit there and that's their retirement plan and yeah they'll lend strategic advice but look that that's all they're really doing with professional businesses and maybe some of the directors are jealous like they try to schedule a meeting and oprah says hey i am a multi-billionaire one of the most powerful women in the world i can't make your meeting on thursday at noon because that's when i'm doing something that's worth 10 times more than this meeting or something so maybe there is an air of jealousy there and 
uh, on your judging her net or on uh, her extra value, you know, she joined this company. She wrote a $45 million check to get, uh, I think it's net about 15% after uh, options. Mm-hmm. That's worth about $200 million now. So she's made about $155 million, $150, some, somewhere around there. Yep. But, uh, you know, in return for her writing that check, she got the board seat and she's become their spokeswoman. And it goes to that thing that we've talked about a lot in this podcast where Oprah, you know, if Weight Watchers had tried to pay Oprah, they could not have written her a $30 million annual check to be their spokeswoman. She took an equity stake, and because she took an equity stake, she monetized her brand, and actually both of them benefited. And it's the thing we've seen you know, a lot with sports, people looking to get equity when they sign shoe deals if they're big sports things. And I think it's something we're going to continue seeing. Uh, these... Equity. These big famous athletes, when they drive attention somewhere, they that's how brands uh, capture attention, capture share now. And the athletes and the celebrities are going to increasingly get equitized for it. Absolutely. Um, she has overcome two major headwinds. The first headwind being the general one for the industry. Diets mm-hmm. almost never work. They work very temporarily. People who lose weight gain almost always gain almost all of it back so something like 95 percent of yeah, the time i they saw the fail, same thought yep. uh, and they mostly gain back a very high percentage of the weight so weight loss generally doesn't work and then secondly uh this specific weight loss program doesn't work that well with it's not it has not been on trend coming up on oprah joining them so it was much more based on losing weight versus gaining health, and it was not particularly cost-effective per pound of weight loss relative to apps that are generally very inexpensive. Enter Oprah Winfrey. One, she at least so far personally has hugely succeeded, Uh, and even the fact, I look at her as somebody who's that wealthy, the fact that she didn't need this job or need this connection Mm -hmm. gives it also a little bit of an air of authenticity to me and genuineness. You know, I think, I don't think she would sell herself out if she secretly didn't believe in this. I actually believe she believes in this program that's working for her in a way that I might be more skeptical of if this was not uh, somebody who was successful. Yeah, and look, and if you see the commercial she's done since mm-hmm. she came there, uh, I saw them described as almost a TED Talk, and that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. not, it's no longer them pitching, hey, come get on Weight Watchers and, you know, use our point system and you'll lose five pounds in a month or something. It's it's actually them talking about, hey, the Weight Watchers, we represent this healthy lifestyle. And it really fit into her image and she really upscaled the image. So I think she brought a lot of value there. And when you, when you talk about like, I think before she came on, if it was Weight Watchers versus a, a dollar or free downloadable app, I don't think Weight Watchers had much there. But by bringing her brand mm-hmm. and bringing that, hey, it's not just about counting calories or losing a quick rate. It's more about healthy lifestyle. I think she's really helped maybe separate them a little from brands. And we'll see if that sticks or not. Yeah. But for the beginning, I think the early signs are good. It's very good. And then my last thought is just that she's really succeeded in moving them to that uh, healthy life, uh, as you were saying, uh, and that uh, she's really done it at a time where she is credible, but she's also empathetic. She's struggled authentically with weight going up and down. Uh, Hopefully she will hold it off this time. Uh, And I really admire the structure. The one little extra thing I would add to it, besides the fact that this has been lucrative for her and affordable for the company, is it's also a tax efficient way to do it. Uh, 
uh, makes a lot of sense to do it on an equity basis. So that's that's what I was going to say with that. Anything to add? Uh, yeah. those are, there's just a few things. Uh, she, so she's lost 40 pounds so mm-hmm. far, and she's made about $150 million in profit. So I, I can't think of a better trade than losing 40 pounds while making $150 million in profit. I would love I would love to make that it's, trade. It's a good deal. Uh, I would also throw out a Warren Buffett uh, observation he's made relating longevity to uh, an ability to compound. If she can make money at the rate she's making now with this company and the rate she's done historically, it's actually a lot more valuable than $150 million because she'll live she's yep. buying That's a, great a year of life uh, with uh, weight loss. And so as your longevity increases, she can compound, it could be worth billions. There, there are just two more points I want to make. And just to let everybody in on the inside, Chris and I actually taped this podcast yesterday. Our recording got corrupted, so we're retaping. And there were two more points that I thought we dove into that I wanted to hit again because I thought sure. they were interesting. Uh, the first point was the new CEO that they're bringing in. Uh, she's coming from the Home Shopping Network. Mm-hmm. And the Home Shopping Network actually is bigger than Weight Watchers. Bigger market cap, more profitable, bigger revenue. And they lured a CEO from a bigger publicly traded company to a smaller publicly traded company. That's so rare. And mm-hmm. I think it really set I, – I wonder does it say like – the CEO who's leaving the Home Shopping Network, and by the way, I, I believe she's very highly respected. Mm-hmm. Does she really think the Home Shopping Network has a negative outlook, or does she just really think Weight Watchers has this tremendously bright future? She's really brought, bought into what Oprah is building and selling here, and uh, that's why she's leaving. Because very rare to see someone go from bigger to smaller in a public company. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. No, yeah, no, it's um, interesting. Hopefully not uh, negative from the home shopping side too, um, but uh, but uh, certainly uh, interesting. Yeah, and then the the only other uh, piece I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, so far they they're gaining members. The stock price is doing well. They've got a lot of momentum. Oprah's lost forty pounds. You know, she's historically kind of struggled with weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, weight Watchers had one historic boost a couple years ago, where Jennifer Hudson joined and lost a bunch of weight, and they had a big influx of members. And two years ago, two years later, all those members are going away. Do you think this is like a longer term thing, or do you think this is kind of the peak and they're about to start losing momentum again? Uh, on the bearish side, I do not hear, uh, at least allegorically, a lot of younger women yeah. care about health who have any interest in Weight Watchers, uh, especially socioeconomic high, age low, isn't has not been a fit. Uh, both Jennifer Hudson and Oprah, though, I think are great in transitioning towards the health emphasis, mm-hmm. including... Uh, people who are less concerned about having skinny figures, that that's not a particularly mm-hmm. rational goal, uh, that you can be big and fit and strong, um, uh, and that there's a lot of different shapes that that comes in. Um, I just think that this is kind of the varsity version. I just think that Jennifer Hudson's great, Oprah's bigger uh, uh, as a, a presence online and in terms of following. No, I agree with you. I, I just, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like going forward, you know, Oprah, her demographic certainly skews older, and it's like at this point, you know, who who else new can she bring in? I'm sure all the people who wanted to join because Oprah was involved have already joined. Going forward, like, where do the new members come from as they kind of start to churn a couple through? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Anyway. Next topic. Uh, I'd like to ask you about dry ships. This mm-hmm. is something that we mentioned um, last November. 
Um, and it's an interesting one. Uh, they're billionaire CEO, and at the time, they had recently done this huge race of their uh, share price. Um, but at the time, it was a little bit unclear what was happening. Um, I followed, and actually today I went back to look at some of the uh, kind of financial social media. It, it had this kind of weirdly fanatical base of interest in it. Yeah. And I actually went back and I kind of replied to a lot of the people who were enthusiasts, saying, hey, what do you think this, respectfully, what do you think this company's worth? Uh, and but it's it was kind of almost cult like following uh, to this day. Um, and like cults, no matter what direction the future holds, it doesn't tend to dissuade them from their ardor. Uh, and in this case, you had a billionaire CEO, George Economou, who was on all sides of this. He was selling the company ships. He was managing those ships through a separate wholly owned company. And even according to press accounts, uh, was. Uh, involved in the secondary stock offering in a way that I have not seen CEOs of public companies ever involved in. Uh, he controls the company despite owning almost no common stock. So it's as conflicted as can be. It's almost a caricature of conflict. But at the same time, it looks disclosed. I mean, one filing states, for example, uh, well, I won't read the whole thing, but it just clearly lays out that this guy can be on all sides of contracts yeah. with the company. Yeah, so I, I had a couple of thoughts here. So if I remember correctly, what happened was Donald Trump got elected mm -hmm. and the shipping indexes, they all went from, you know, 20 to 40 or yep. 20 to 60. They all went up and dry ship stock, which was, I mean, it was a penny stock or it was, you know, trading for a dollar share went from like a dollar to a hundred mm -hmm. and people on Twitter, like kind of Twitter day traders were going crazy talking mm -hmm. about dry ships and dry ships just started issuing equity shares like crazy. And then, you know, it, we talked about, we've talked about this uh, offline in, in our podcast yesterday, which I thought was great and no one will ever hear, but uh, the CEO, you know, they issued a lot of shares clearly discloses, hey, the CEO has a conflict of interest. He doesn't own a lot of common shares, but he gets paid on assets. And when you get paid on assets, your incentive is issue shares, get more assets, get paid on more assets. And we've looked at this with REITs before, you know, like one of the issue with externally managed REITs where the CEO, where the external manager is paid not on the share performance, but on how much in assets they raise, like they're encouraged to go buy houses or go buy buildings. And they're encouraged, look, if you're charging 1% of assets and you buy a building for $100, that means you're going to make $1 per year for the rest of time. But if you buy the same building for $200, that means you're going to make $2 per year. Now, your shareholders would rather you buy it for $100, but your incentives kind of encourage you to buy it for $200. In this case, he's managed based on how many ships they uh, buy and how much they pay for those ships. So, it, you know, it, it all makes sense. I, I just – alternative view, why do you think people went so crazy with this stock kind of looking at it? I think that the relationship between uh, passive investors and kind of macro enthusiasts when they go into a new area can lead to some very crude reactions with individual shares. Um, I think something that we uh, chatted about before is that uh, when there was a China equity bubble, stocks with China in the name tended to do very, very well. The fact that this company is called Dry Ships, he was able to create an infinitely flexible supply of an equity where there was this newly fanatical demand. And say, you want shares and dry ships? Here you I'll go. Create shares and dry ships. You want it twice as much? I'll give you twice as much. You want me to buy from myself a very large uh, 
uh, carriers. I will sell them to you. Uh, the price will be, uh, uh, shall I say, uh, not off-season prices. They will be on-season prices. Uh, and because now is the season for demand, and I will supply that demand and, to infinity. And it's one of those things, like, we've seen similar things. Like you said, in this case, shipping stocks were going, shipping indices were going up, and people were like, dry ships. It's got ships in the name. Let's buy it to play the shipping trend. We've seen it before, like, with uh, something like Facebook's about to IPO. And if there's a stock that has face as its ticker it's obviously got no relationship to facebook but sometimes its stock will run just because unsophisticated investors are buying it thinking they're getting access to facebook and we've seen this before you know with like some hp is getting acquired and whatever whatever has ticker hp will go up even though it might not be the hp that's getting acquired Mm -hmm. so yeah i I thought all that was uh super interesting and then you know what else i thought was interesting go ahead i was just saying that was probably one of the hardest cases for the kind of strict form market efficiency theory yep. to say. Uh, another case I recall distinctly was when MCI went bankrupt. It was not MCI as a ticker, but there was an MCI ticker and it crashed that day too. Yep. Though a lot of times those are very temporary and very small dollar amounts. So if you were talking about managing any any larger sum of money, they would be unexploitable. Uh, the other one I kind of thought that along the lines of what you're saying, it kind of suggests the efficient market hypothesis might have some issues on the edges is dry ship stock was up like 10 or 15% yesterday on this was an article in the Wall Street Journal that was saying like completely conflicted gonna lose all your money CEO doesn't care about shareholders and the stock was up 10 or 15% which who would want to buy this stock when they see this in the Wall Street Journal it's just crazy that this could draw attention and send the stock price up absolutely cool um well i think that's all we have for today can i wrap it up at that do you think today's podcast was better or yesterday's podcast was better you know today i think was probably more conversational the first round probably i did what i do on dates which is try to jam in a lot of information in my points just kind of think that i can have brute force in terms of intelligent points and that's not really how those things work uh and today it might have been smoother you think i i don't know maybe it's just I, I agree. I think they were both great. And I these think are we've low got, standards for my own We've smoothness. got the best podcast talking about Oprah and dry ships on iTunes, guaranteed, or else we'll give you a refund. So I, I, I think that's the only thing I can Absolutely. say. Absolutely. I think we have no disclosures, and that's all the time we have for today. Um, if you have any feedback for us, please email it at podcast at rangelycapital.com. Any dry ships bulls out there that have a fundamental long case for the equity uh, based on a price that you'd be happy to own the whole thing uh, divided by the number of shares outstanding. I would love to uh, get that case if you could send that our way. Anything else that's on point would be great. Send it Chris's way. I I want nothing to do with it. (laughs) Just send it to Chris. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Bye.